I just want to provide everyone with a few brief updates on some of the challenges we're dealing with right now. First, we are continuing to closely monitor the emergency cases of the H1N1 flu virus throughout the United States. As I said this morning, this is obviously a very serious situation, and every American should know that their entire government is taking the utmost precautions and preparations. someone to read the emails from my children's school. Yes, they need to read all of the emails and give me the condensed version. It'll be a full-time, full-time job. And when you start hurting my child, I don't care how big and how tough you are. I don't care what kind of authority you've got behind you. This is my child. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm fucking tough. And you're gonna eat a fucking knuckle sandwich you get in my fucking face. People are trying to work out how do we educate our children to take their place in the economies of the 21st century? How do we do that? Given that we can't anticipate what the economy will look like at the end of next week. As the recent turmoil is demonstrating. And now, the man of the hour, whether you want him or not, Jerry Jones. Hey, hey, what's up, Party Crashers? This is your host, Jerry Jones. Welcome to another episode of the Uninvited Podcast. However you found this and wherever you found us, uh, I'm, I'm really glad you did. Um, do us a favor, will you? Um, rate us, review us. Give us five stars if you can. Um, and, uh, you know, a five-star rating feels a whole lot like love. And four stars is uh, pretty much the friend zone. Um, but here we are. Um, I just, saying friends, I started thinking of the Houdini song, Friends. How many of us have them? I'm not, I'm not going to sing them. Uh, you, do you remember back in the day? Um when they used to refer to rapping as rap singing, uh, they'd be like, who's your favorite rap singer? Oh, my favorite uh, rap singer is Houdini. Well, you know, and Houdini's a group, but it's just, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like, I, I, I feel like um, as a genre, um, hip hop is really, it's come a long way. And then, you know, but we're also now in the era. Well, I, are we past the era of mumble rap i mean i i don't know i mean how it became a thing um but i gotta tell you man bumble rap made biz Marquee sound like eminem uh that's that's my whole take i mean i'm showing my age uh i i think i'm officially eligible to join aarp or arp now um well it's Wednesday. Um, how are y'all doing? I'm, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hope all of you are well. I'm, I, uh, I'm very interested um, 
in how all the parents are doing. A uh, couple days in, uh, you know, here in Kansas City, you know, just been following, you know, the book of faces and um, all sorts of comedy of errors. You know, it's interesting um, that uh, all the students are now finding out just how how bad Microsoft Teams is. I I don't please don't I, I'm not looking for a lawsuit. Here's the thing. Teams actually works OK um, until you get more than two people on <laughs> on a team's call uh, and then it's a challenge um but yeah they're you know i it's like we're getting kids ready for um for the adult world which um is not it it kind of sucks like work working as an adult uh especially under quarantine really does kind of suck and um my hope is that you know, you know, we always talk about we want our kids to, to grow up and be responsible. But now I really I want to slow the growing up down because what they're going to be figuring out real quick is like, God, if this is what work is like, why would I ever want to do that? Um, but definitely, please hit me up on um, the Uninvited Podcast um, uh, Instagram. Tell me how your week is going. Um Share, share, you know, your pictures. I've been seeing some wonderful pictures, um, first day of school pictures, um, you know, homes now are now home schools are also co-working spaces. Uh, I've seen a lot of you all being creative um, and just recognizing that it's just a really tough time um, to be a parent with a school age child, especially um, the younger ages so i just want to just say up front that um i'm thinking of you and um yeah i i wish i could say i wish i could say i was dedicating uh this episode to you all uh but i have too much respect um for you as parents um to do that and 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 for all of the, those of you who are teachers uh and uh, and parents, te- you know, some of you are teachers, some of you are teachers and parents. Um, I take my hat off to you. Uh, I don't wear hats. I look pretty goofy in hats, but if I had a hat, I would take it off, um, to you. Um, you know, one of the things that, um, I keep hearing a lot, there, there are certain phrases that when I hear them, I want to judo chop that person in the throat. Uh, one of the phrases that I cannot stand. I mean, here we are in um, in September, and I, I I hear the new normal still every once in a while. That drives me nuts, right? This ain't. There's nothing normal about it. I know we've talked about this before, but that phrase, that phrase, just makes me want to, like um pluck like it's 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 when someone says that you you remember the scene in 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 Raiders of the Lost Ark and um they're you know they you know Andy is telling um oh my gosh I'm just blanking on her name what's her name in the movie um she's the badass in in Raiders of the Lost Ark um Karen she, Karen what's her um anyway um 
but the rest of them are, are, are looking at the light and then their faces start melting. That's what I want to have happen uh, to people who use the phrase, uh, the new normal. The other phrase that I hate, and not because people say it, but because people have to say it, is um, unmute yourself or you're on mute. As if we're not all like in this ridiculous era of, you know, being on stupid ass conference calls. So, so I think what's happened with, with COVID is that the unnecessary email has now been replaced. So there had been a move to get rid of unnecessary email and we have been successful in doing that. Uh, and we've done that by replacing it with the unnecessary Microsoft Teams call or the WebEx call or Zoom. Like if, if, if you had to choose between Teams, Skype, Zoom, and WebEx, they walk into a bar um, together and only one leaves unscathed from a barroom brawl. Which one is it? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's a callback. It's a callback. Yeah, I know. And it's a lame one too. Um, but the phrase that really drives me insane right now is the phrase in these unprecedented times. And I, I hear it so often. And it's usually in those commercials, you know, it's like Hyundai or Kia, you know, um, and it's usually, you know, um, a family, um, you know, kind of driving like uh, they're driving in the Mr. Mountains and in these unprecedented times. And, and then it, it goes on to say, oh, it's 0% financing, blah, 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 blah. And um, the thing about the phrase that drives me crazy is that I'm not so sure that that these times are that unprecedented, right? Um, and, and I'm also wondering, like, what are they talking about? Are they referring to the pandemic, uh, the COVID pandemic? Because um, we had one of those about 100 years ago. Uh, are they referring to the um, social unrest of, of protesting structural racism? Uh, not exactly unprecedented. I mean, um, rebellion against um, racism and racist, racist oppression um, has pretty much been nonstop for 400 years. So not unprecedented. So I always wonder, like, what are they talking about when they say in these unprecedented times? And yet, in these unprecedented times, I haven't really seen any unprecedented action, right? Um, Congress is still sitting on the HEROES Act, um, which would, you know, provide additional support to all the folks who've lost their jobs, to the business owners who are struggling to keep their doors open, um, uh, to keep you know keep people in their homes we haven't seen any real unprecedented action um we're still pretty much doing the same dumb shit we were doing pretty much before uh the pandemic so nothing really feels unprecedented um but i i, I gotta be honest i was shocked to find out because i had been saying and now i realize how how wrong 
um, I have been about um, President's Trump, President Trump's handling of the COVID pandemic. I, I just assumed he was the worst president possible to do this. And what I found is that, and this is why, why I wanted to bring up unprecedented times. I'm like, Donald Trump is actually not the worst president to ever handle a, a crisis like this. I, I, I think that honor belongs to Woodrow Wilson. Um, also a racist, by the way. Um, so the 1918 flu, um, which again, because America, um, America's cottage industry is racism. Uh, you do know that, right? That's understood. That's understood that that is, that's kind of, that's what we do. We do it different. We do it better than anybody else. Um, uh, Woodrow Wilson um, showed the birth of a nation there, so on and so on. But because of racism, we, we called it the, the Spanish flu. It didn't start in Spain. It actually started here. But let's not, you know, you know, let's not, you know, go into to why, why ruin, you know, why ruin a good story with the facts, right? Um, but it was the way the, the Wilson administration handled COVID was to just ignore it, to not at all talk about it. It wouldn't have, not that there was really, you know, radios or television, but it would not have fathomed, it wouldn't, Woodrow Wilson would have never even conceived of even doing those ridiculously fantastic train wrecks of those, of those COVID task force meetings. Uh, it would have never occurred to him to do that. Um, they just ignored it. Um, 675,000 people died under um, President Wilson's watch. Um, so his resume really sucks. Um, we were an isolationist and then we got involved in World War One. Um, he ignored, uh, the 1918 flu, uh, and it killed almost 700,000 people. Um, uh, it should be noted, not that you wanted to come on it. I'm sure half of you have probably already you know, press stop because here, well, Jerry's given a, a presidential history lesson on, um, on virus, uh, response. Um, to date, we've lost about 190,000 people to COVID-19, um, here in the United States, uh, including, um, Jermaine Stevens, known to his friends, um, and teammates as Juice, uh, Juice um, Stevens um, was a student at, and I'd never heard of the school before, the California University of Pennsylvania. He's just a kid. He's 20 years old, played football. Um, and uh, I should note that the football conference that he's in, the Pennsylvania State Athletic Conference, um, they were one of the many conferences, I shouldn't say many, but one of the, the several conferences that, uh, that canceled fall athletics, including football. Uh, but he died uh, this weekend from COVID-related um, complications. Um, uh, we also lost uh, a couple teachers 
uh, in this past week. <clears throat> uh, one uh, just outside of St. Louis, um, Ashley Demarinus. My apologies if I have, have, have mispronounced um, her name. She was a teacher at John Evans Middle School. Um, special ed teacher, uh, age 34, passed away um, from complications related to um, coronavirus. Um, uh, Demi Bannister, um, third grade teacher uh, out of uh, uh, Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, at Windsor Elementary School. She passed away on Monday. She was uh, 28. Um, and I just want to take a moment. Um, and that's just two of, of hundreds uh, who have, uh, who are educators who have passed away um, during the pandemic. Um, and I just want to take a few seconds to to honor them um, and I just want to say thank you uh, for all of you educators who uh, educators and and child care workers uh, and I think it's important that we don't diminish and that we don't forget about child care workers um, so I want to thank I want to thank teachers and child care workers, um, and adult caregivers as well, um, for doing this. And it, to me, it doesn't matter if you're if you're teaching in the building, if you are doing it virtually, um, that you're doing it at all. Um, thank you. Um, you know, one of the the sound clips I I, I played uh, was from Sir Ken Robinson. Um, Ken Robinson is a, an education reformer. Um, he um, was a, a New York Times bestselling author, um, and I didn't realize this. He had passed away uh, a couple Fridays ago. And his whole thing was about um, re reigniting creativity and reimagining how we do education. Um, and so that the sound clip I played was not, so I, I took creative license. That was not um, a quote in response to what was happening with COVID, but that has just been um, his, um, his life's work is, is education reform. And I, I, I used it because I, I was just thinking like, I could only imagine what Sir Ken Robinson, uh, was thinking before he passed, what his thoughts were on, on how we are doing education. Um, you know, and, and I, 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 you know, and I've been all over the place on COVID. Um, I'm just going to put it out there. I, I, I definitely lean left. I'm a Democrat. Uh, I have been known to toe the party line. Um, and it doesn't make me feel good 
to say that uh, we don't know how we're, how to do this. Um, you know, here in Kansas City, I mean, Kansas City is, I would, I don't know, depending on the part of the, of the metro you're in, you've got some Democrat strongholds, you got some Republican strongholds. Um, but I can tell you the, the response to uh, preparing for um, the fall semester here um, has not gone well. Um, and there are liberals and conservatives playing in that sandbox. Um, and I, I, I guess I'm just kind of kind of lamenting um, how our collective lack of imagination, our uh, collective lack of desire to plan and strategize, to have a goal uh, of safely reopening schools so that students, teachers, parents, administrators, and all building staff would be safe and would have confidence that they could do play their part um, in in having a a robust um, um, educational um, experience and be safe. And I think what we showed is that we just don't give a damn. Um, and I say that we, and I, and I don't mean everyone. Um, my, my cousin, shout out to Jarius Jones. Uh, he is a principal in the, um, center school district. And I don't know anybody that cares more about his teachers, about his students, about the people in his building, about the parents, about the community than he does. I, I mean, I, I, I literally don't know anyone and I, if I were to meet some of the most passionate people, I would still say that he would probably be the most passionate um, and articulate person that I've ever met um, on improving the health and well-being um, of, of students and teachers. But we didn't give him what he needed to do it well. We didn't give any of the principals what they needed. We didn't give the teachers what they needed. And we sure as hell haven't given the parents what you've needed. I mean, yeah, it's Facebook. And Facebook is the place where we go um, and be not civil to each other, uh, unfortunately. Um, but it is also a place where uh, I've been seeing a lot of frustration and a lot of pain. Um, and I just got to ask, like, what are we doing? I mean, what are we doing to our kids? What are we doing to our teachers? What are we doing to ourselves? Um, and we can't even begin to understand what the ramifications of what we're doing today will be in three, five, seven, ten years. Um, but I, my sense is that we're, we're all doing it wrong. And 
you know, I, I just wanted to to put out there just a little bit of, and just please go to his website, sirkenrobinson.com, or you can just do a Google search of Sir Ken Robinson and, and you'll see his TED Talks and, and other things. But our lack of imagination is not only impacting what we're doing with our schools, it is devastating our society. Um, it, it is as if we can't imagine a world where both of us can be right or both of us could be wrong or that we can be different from one another and be okay, that we can disagree and still be civil with each other, still care about each other. Um, I, I think we have lost our ability to imagine what, uh, what it might mean to sacrifice. We can't even wear a mask. And I'm just going to be honest. There are times where I should be wearing a mask and I'm not. There should be times that I should not leave the house. But I do. Because it's hard. It is hard. Six months of isolation to me is hard despite having everything I want for nothing and it's hard and I'm using air quotes here it's hard it's hard for me to imagine doing everything by the book um, and I think we've all I shouldn't say we all when I say all I don't mean every single person but I think collectively um, gosh, I'm going to misquote, um, Dr. Stites, Stephen Stites, shout out to Stephen Stites, um, at KU Health Center. I don't know if you get a chance, but he, uh, and his colleagues do a briefing, I think almost every day, uh, on, on Twitter, but something to the effect of, um, it's kind of COVID withdrawal sim uh, symptom. Like we're just, that we've kind of, uh, that we're losing our steam on, on compliance, like we're getting a little sloppy. And I say we, I should use I language. I'm getting sloppy and it's hard. And so I know I've lost my imagination on how to be stronger uh, in this moment. Uh, but I think we all have. And um, when I see my, my, my Facebook friends, uh, real life friends who are on Facebook, Twitter, um, and I just see the struggles that they're going through um, with school-age youth um, trying to hold down a job and trying to run a home school. Um, I've got people on my... all. I mean, I think I'm the only one on my team who's not having to juggle um, raising a, a, a small... a, a school-age child, child or an infant and trying to work. Um, and it, I think it's crazy. So I, I, I'm even saying that even like our collective imagination from, um, from an employment standpoint, um, we have to, and so as much as I, and I think, so, you know, so I'm, I'm working some things out. Uh, I don't know if you knew this or not. Um, this is more fun than therapy. Uh, 
but I'm working some things out here. Um, I think that's what drives me crazy about the new normal. Um, and I prefer the next normal, but I think what bothers me and what gets to me is that my lack of imagination around how do we make the next normal or, or the new normal exponentially better for people than the old normal because meet the new boss same as the old boss meet the new normal same as the old normal it sucks and so the idea of us going back to normal i want to tell you right now if we go back to normal we will have all failed. Um, and I would say, as I'm still working things out, I don't actually think that we're in a new normal. I think the normal has been exposed. This is, um, in many respects, COVID and um, the, the, the blatant uh, militarized racism against um you know black brown and indigenous people um has um just exposed just how foul the normal is and the new normal or what i call the next normal is something that we have to design so we have to commit to looking at the old normal, which is what we are in today, and in dismantling it or just tossing it, right? The old, the current normal is that, is that, is it, it's those boxes that when you move from your apartment to your starter home, from your starter home to your next home, and I recognize that I am in that, in that how much privilege I just showed. So I'm just going to call, I'm calling myself in on that. Um, but it, those boxes are just, they don't serve a purpose and you just keep moving them just because you have them and you don't know why. And I'm like, maybe, maybe we don't need those boxes anymore. We don't need, um, structural and institutional and interpersonal and interpersonal racism. We don't need um, exploitive uh, uh, labor practices. We don't need um, exclusionary um, policies um, that keep certain groups of people away from certain rights or away from opportunities. We don't need those things anymore. Those things don't serve us. Those things served our masters, right? Which is, that's the thing. We don't need masters, right? We don't need anyone in charge of us. Um, and so the tools of the master are racism, sexism, um, militarism, homophobia, xenophobia those are all 
and, and on and on and on all the isms all the phobias those are the master's tools let's stop moving our master's tools from place to place to place it's time to throw that shit out because we don't need the tools because we don't have a master to serve we're free so let's let's stop doing your bidding let's we're done we're done with that um this took a dark turn <laughs> um i wasn't expecting to go there but here we are right sometimes you just got to go and get lost and um it's like like those damn commercials where they're driving the hyundai out in the you know the mountains in these unprecedented times and then you know they're standing on the mountain with that you know zero percent financing you know and, and the dog and the kid playing and all that stuff i i don't know i <laughs> listen um you can you tell us the 20th episode um but yeah so it's not unprecedented um none of this is unprecedented this has all been going on before um I do want to know, just because I'm petty, um, politically, when it comes to politics and sports, uh, I'm very petty. Um, so while I, I did give President Trump a reprieve, um, that he is not, to me, not close to being the worst virus um, situation president, uh, he's far from the best. Um, and I just have to say that under uh, Obama's um, tenure, he had both H1N1, uh, which is what the clip you heard was from him uh, addressing H1N1. Would not, would it not, would it, ugh, I cannot speak today. Would it not be impressive if we had a current president who could articulate in the same way that uh, the 44th president could? Um, so that was from H1N1. Um, uh, the president also had the Ebola crisis and it was interesting that there are all sorts of editorials and, uh, critique, uh, over the president's handling, the former president's handling of the Ebola virus. Do you, did you know that only two Americans died of Ebola? Two. I'm not good at math, but, uh. That's a lot less than 190,000. Um, so yeah, that's me being petty. Um, but hey, it is what it is. Um, so uh, it's September 9th and uh, it feels like uh, it, it feels like fall here. It feels like fall here. Um, so what I typically like to do uh, at the end of the show, this you're going to get some extra time back, um, by the way. Um, I like to look back at significant moments in, in, in history, uh, but I got a little lazy, so I just stuck with music. Um, on this day, September 9th in 1956, um, I, I guess it kind of fits with the tone of, talking about <laughs> uh, <laughs> institutional racism. Uh, Elvis Presley 
debuted on the Ed Sullivan show, um, however many years ago that was, 1956 until now. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, and that, that was a, that was a game changing appearance, um, in many respects for music, um, for variety television, but Elvis, it, I think it's hard. I mean, you know, for those of us who have been who are around for Michael Jackson, uh, but it, it's hard to, to, to quantify just what that appearance did for music. It was a game changer. The, and, 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 and why I say it's, it's connected to that whole notion of structural and, and institutional and all the all different rate forms of racism is that Elvis um, took black music and he, uh, he, he made it, I want, I'll just say he made it his own, right? Um, and he, he co-opted it, um, plain and simple. It doesn't diminish his talent. Elvis, it was a hell of an entertainer. Um, but he took black music, uh, and made it marketable, but it was a game changer for, for all it, as much as I hate to say it, it was a rising tide that I believe ultimately lifted all boats. Uh, but yeah, Elvis, Ed Sullivan show, September 9th, 1956. Um, 29 years ago, um, Prince dropped the first single off the Diamond and Pearls album. Uh, it was Cream. Uh, came out on this day, uh, 1991. Um, shout out to Prince. I mean, he he was one that I never got to see. Uh, I saw Michael Jackson. I think I saw Michael Jackson maybe twice. Uh, no, 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 no. He, I saw him on the victory tour. Uh, so does, does that actually really count? I mean, cause it was with his brothers. Um, but Prince never saw Prince. Um, but man, 2017 speaking of history lesson, man, 2017 was terrible. We lost Prince, we lost Bowie, and we lost the greatest of all time. We lost Muhammad Ali. Um, but I I mean, I thought 2017 would be the worst year ever because of that. But now 2020 is like, hold my beer. Um, and we got some celebrity birthdays. Uh, Adam Sandler, um, 54. You know, it's interesting. They, you know, I, I, I was watching 60 Minutes um, a couple weeks ago, and it was a, it was a repeat, of course, because, you know, they're not really doing a whole lot of live shooting. But a lot of times they point to Adam Sandler's beginning on, on SNL, but I'm like, no, I, I first remember Adam Sandler from MTV's Remote Control. That's how old I am. Uh, shout out to Adam Sandler. Uncut Gems. If you haven't seen Uncut Gems, uh, it's Adam Sandler's best work. But I want to warn you, it's nothing like Adam's other work. Adam uh, Adam's a really good, serious actor. Spanglish uh, with Taya Leone. Excellent. Uncut Gems. But if you've got high blood pressure, if you've got uh, a pacemaker, perhaps, I, I wouldn't recommend Uncut Gems. It, it would not be good for you. Uh, Michael Buble, 
Did you guys know that Michael Buble is 45? I, I was shocked. I mean, I guess he just seems like he's perpetually 28. Michael Buble. I've only got... I am I am five years older than Michael Buble and so much more accomplished. Um, Colonel Sanders. I have no idea how old he is. I didn't want to do the math. Um, uh, but, man. I mean, do you think... Well, I'm not even going to go down that road. Uh, Tolstoy. Also, again, not uh, not gonna do, not gonna do the math. Um, Michelle Williams uh, is um, she's has a birthday today. Um, I am I I purposely did not um, do the age thing. I just yeah I'm old school. I'm not you know not gonna do the thing. Um, but uh, if you have not so she's had a lot of films. She's won a couple Golden Globes. I think she's been nominated for Academy Awards maybe four times now. Um, she was fantastic in Blue Valentine uh, with Ryan Gosling. Um, I, I and I think I think Michelle Williams is one of the most. I, I I can't say she's underrated because she's whenever she puts work out, she's being nominated. Um. But she's just really, really good. And then Manchester by the Sea. Um, I have to tell you, um, she did not have a lot of screen time. Um, but the time that she was on screen in that film, she was just absolutely phenomenal and i know casey affleck won casey affleck was great uh won his academy award but she stole the show uh what is the the saber matrix term that they use um the plus minus uh in basketball when someone's on the court as opposed to when they're off when she is on screen um she her her plus her plot upside is just off the charts. Uh, her um, her deceased husband, Heath Ledger, same way. Heath Ledger was one of those guys. Um, when he was on screen, he just, you could not take your eyes off of him. Um, so rest in peace, Heath Ledger. Uh, I bring that up because I've seen the new trailers for the new Batman films coming out with Robert Pattinson, and that looks awesome. Um but happy birthday, uh, Michelle, uh, Michelle Williams, J.R. Smith. Um, uh, speaking of the NBA, J.R. Smith has a birthday today. Shout out to, um, to J.R. Smith. Um, look, it's been, uh, 180 days. Okay. You guys know where I'm going with this. Um, and it's been 180 days since, um, Breonna Taylor. Um, was shot and killed uh, in her home while trying to sleep. Um, and her um, her killers have not yet been arrested. So we need justice for, uh, for Brianna and justice for all the families whose sons and daughters, um, sisters, brothers, friends, lovers, partners um, have been lost not only to... Um, police violence but to to community gun violence um we've got a 
speaking of of collective imagination we have to find a better way to to implement public safety in the 21st century and we have to be more imaginative on on how we teach conflict resolution um, and emotional regulation um, to uh, our young people uh, and and our older people as well um, and it's 54 we're 54 days out so we are less now than eight weeks away um, from the November 3rd, 2020 election. Um, so you know the drill. Make sure you're eligible. Make sure you're registered and make a plan um, to vote on November 3rd. I want to shout out uh, the guys from Pearl Jam. They are asking us to take it up a notch to not only do those things, but to recruit three people. Um, to make sure that they've got their that they're registered um, and that um, they've got a plan to vote. And I think specifically Pearl Jam is pushing for mail-in ballots. And if you are doing mail-in, do it now. Ingrid Michelson says, do it now. Um, you know, um, let's 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 not um, lose our chance to practice um, democracy, uh, especially now. Well, hey. Thank you all for sticking around. This is number 20. Uh, so I, I very much appreciate you. And uh, I am looking forward to um, seeing you all again. Uh, and until then, um, be good to yourself and um, be good to each other. Um, peace. And now, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, that's right. Elvis Presley. You know, it's a very tricky situation. It's uh, it, it goes it, it goes through air, Bob. That's always tougher than the touch. You know, the touch you don't have to touch things, right? But the air, you just breathe the air, and that's how it's uh, passed. And so that's a very tricky one. That's a very delicate one. 